Good morning to all of you again. If you'd like to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Let's read together from God's holy word. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. O oh Lord Jesus, your word commands our attention it is the very word of God we would plead with you now that by your spirit you might draw our hearts and minds to give attention to your word and what you have to say to us Without the work of the Spirit, I preach in vain and we listen in vain. And we are desperate for your presence and your power. And we would plead for this now. Amen. Amen. So, we come to a fairly familiar text this morning. And it might be that you're kind of expecting a sermon that's going to go along these lines. Well, you need to give a little bit more of your money to missions, uh, to the work of the Lord. You need to spend a little bit less time on your hobbies and yourself, trying to get a bit of balance in life, right? And you need to stop hoarding all that stuff you're hoarding at home. The Lord, in this passage, however, is speaking about something much more fundamental. As we're going to see... This passage is about whether you're a Christian or not. It's about whether you are living for the world or for heaven. It is about which master you are serving. So we've got three headings this morning. Let's jump into our first heading. And that is that we are all treasure seekers. So the Lord Jesus, as he spoke these words, he makes an assumption. And he challenges us where our treasures are. He assumes we are all seeking treasure, right? And where is that treasure? He has no doubt that each one of us here this morning has got treasure and that we are pursuing it. Now, the word treasure is the dominant thought of this passage, right? It's in verses 19, it's in verse 20, and it's in verse 21. So it's critical to note, as we approach this passage, the Lord Jesus doesn't say, do not lay up for yourself stuff on earth. Do not lay up for yourselves money on earth, clothes, 
or cars or goods. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth. He's obviously referring to stuff, right? Things that moths can get hold of, that rust decays, and things that thieves can steal. But he says treasure. He uses the word treasure. Now, when we think of treasure, two things come to mind. The first is that it's speaking about how we value things, right? And a treasure is something that we would put a high value to. In fact, maybe even an ultimate value. If you say to somebody, what is your treasure? It's what you ultimately value. The second thing that the word treasure denotes is excitement. We pursue treasure with passion. I mean, just ask any child that you make a treasure hunt for. The eyes are wild with excitement, they're filled with anticipation, and with passion and enthusiasm. Treasure is never met with apathy, mediocrity, or indifference. It's what we're passionate about, and it's what we pursue. And the Lord Jesus assumes that you are a treasure seeker. He knows you are a treasure seeker and that you are laying up treasure somewhere. At this very moment, you are laying up treasure somewhere. To lay up treasure simply means to live your life in active pursuit to gain this treasure. It means you make decisions to pursue your treasure. That's what it means to lay up treasure. So, that is our first heading. You and I are treasure seekers, and the Lord Jesus knows this. Our second heading this morning. We have a choice of two places to lay up treasure, and only two places. It is obvious from our text do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Let's look at each of those in turn. Laying up treasures for yourself on earth, that's the first place that we can do it. Now we all know what the Lord Jesus is referring to, right? Stuff. Anything on this world that can corrode, deteriorate, or get stolen, lots of stuff. That beautiful new car that you buy, even if it's straight out of the box, within a few years, you look at it, rust spots. The paint starts fading after a few years in the sun, it develops some squeaks and rattles in places you don't wanna know about, and it starts falling apart and it will be scrapped one day. And your beautiful car will be compressed into a little block of metal, which we hope will be recycled one day. Your new house might be a brand new house that you've got. After a few years, the wood starts rotting, especially outside. What is it with this hillcrest climate? All my wooden gates rot outside. Any metal starts corroding, the paint starts peeling off the walls and the walls start to crack. 
you go to the cupboard and you take out that dress of yours that you've only worn once and you think, wonderful, I've got a dress to wear tonight. Holes in it. Fish moths. That's the other thing about this hillcrest climate. Fish moths. I've never seen so many fish moths in our home before. And what do you have to do at home? You've got to put in a security system and burglar guards to protect your stuff from people coming to steal it. And the security system starts corroding and breaking. And the burglar guards start rusting. You can't get away from it. We all know what the Lord Jesus is talking about. Treasuring anything on earth. It's not going to last. It's not going to endure. And we cannot take it with us to heaven. So the Lord Jesus is referring to the things that we do here on earth and the stuff that we own, hobbies, entertainment, jewelry, holidays, gadgets, technology, shoes, clothes, money, and the list is almost endless. We've got an experience of what the Lord Jesus means when he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. The point of the Lord is this stuff that we chase after, it is going to disappoint you. It is going to frustrate you, and it is never going to satisfy your soul. It just doesn't endure. Go home and look at the stuff. Holes, rust, decay. It's tinsel, it's glitter, it's fool's gold, and it's confetti. It is of not much substance, and it will soon fade away. Now, I just want to make that qualification again. Look carefully at the text in verse 19. The Lord says, do not, he doesn't say, do not lay up for yourselves clothes on earth, or a house on earth, or money on earth. He says, treasure. That is the issue. We do have to own stuff, right? You've got to have some money in the bank, we have a house, we've got a car, uh, we've got clothes, I've got some clothes in the cupboard. It's how you value that stuff and what value you place on it and whether you turn that stuff into a treasure, that is what the Lord Jesus is speaking about. So we do have to own some stuff. The Lord Jesus specifically uses that word treasure. So this sermon is not about giving everything away it's about where your heart is. The second place we can store up treasure is in verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Earth and heaven. So while we know what it means to store up treasures on earth and the stuff that rust and moths get hold of, we don't know that much about the treasures in heaven, do we? The Bible does not say explicitly everything, what the treasures are. Don't really know quite how they work. But in this passage, we are told the qualities of that treasure. They are not going to corrode. They are not going to rust. The moths won't be able to get hold of them. And thieves won't be able to take them. In other words, the treasures of heaven are permanent, 
They are enduring and they are of exceptional value. Do you notice that the Lord says in this passage, you must treasure those things. Those are true treasure. They are exceptionally valuable. And you must treasure those. And you must lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. Because there is true treasure compared to the tinsel and confetti that we have here on earth. But we don't have much experience of the treasures in heaven, right? We haven't tasted them, we haven't felt them, we haven't seen them. And so we have to trust Jesus who is from heaven and who knows exactly what those treasures are like and their value and that they are worth treasuring. And the treasures in heaven, I think, are a combination of God himself, our greatest treasure, eternal life, a glorified Superman body, eternal rewards. Those are our treasures in heaven, but we don't know that much about them, and we haven't experienced them before, but they're of great value. So what does it mean then when the Lord says to us, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven? I mean, you can't exactly go to Standard Bank and ask them, so I want the account for heaven because I want to make a deposit and invest and lay up treasures there. I think if that was the case, people would open up the account, take out an overdraft facility with a credit card and make withdrawals, right? No deposits um, and try and live a high life. Fortunately, we've got a passage in the Bible which tells us exactly what it means as to how to lay up treasures in heaven. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. It will be useful for you to turn there if you're able to. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 so that we're absolutely clear in our minds what it means to lay up treasures in heaven. 1 Timothy 6 verse 17 says this. As for the rich in this present age, here's people with earthly money. Charge them not to be haughty, not to be proud, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of those riches, thieves can break in and steal, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are, listen carefully, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. To store up treasure in heaven simply means to take the things of this world, and it's not just money. You have money, you have time, you have energy, you have talents. And we don't treasure those things. We use those things and we sacrifice them for God and his kingdom. And in so doing, we lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. That is what it means to lay up treasures in heaven. Our third and final point 
this morning. Our heart reveals where our treasure is. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart is the real you. It's your true desires. It drives your choices and how you live. It is with our hearts that we place a value on things and that we turn stuff into treasure. It's our hearts. And our hearts and our treasure go together. And so maybe you're thinking this morning, so where exactly is my treasure and how can I know where my treasure is? Let's just look at your heart. That'll tell you where your treasure is. So let me ask you some questions. So where is your treasure? What preoccupies your thoughts most of the time? What do you daydream about? What are you mainly pursuing and striving for in your life? What do you at the moment, what are you currently most anxious about and what do you fret about? What motivates you for the things that you do in your life? What do you devote your time and your energy to? And what do you spend your money mostly on? If the answer to those questions are predominantly stuff, the things of this world, the earthly stuff, the hobbies, the sport, the career, clothes, gadgets, a better home, bigger car, it's fairly obvious where your treasure is. It's firmly here on earth. If the answer to those questions, the things that dominate my thoughts are the Lord, how I can be more effective for him, what areas of ministry I can engage in, how can I use some of this earthly stuff to bless others, to promote the cause of Christ, then it is quite clear that your treasure is in heaven because that's where your heart is. In the very next verses, in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord Jesus then says to people, you cannot serve two masters. You're going to love the one and you're going to hate the other. And he says in the next breath, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot divide your heart and your loyalties, you are serving one or the other. So you see, this passage is not about, in your and my life, trying to balance our books a little bit, trying to say, well, let me give a hundred rand extra to missions or to the work of the Lord. Okay, I can send, I can um, commit to sacrifice 10 more minutes on a Sunday to serve in this way. The Lord is looking for your heart. He wants to know where you are. Where is your treasure? What excites you? What are you living for? And what are you trying to, and what are you passionate about? That's what the Lord is asking in this passage. 
And so I want to close with two points of application. The first, based on this text, it means that some of you may not be Christians. Based on this text, it means that some of you may not be Christians. And obviously I realize you are at church, some online, some here, and you may have just put some money in the offering or done an EFT. The Lord Jesus is asking, where is your heart? What is your passion and what drives you? It's quite possible not to be a Christian and to attend church every now and then for whatever reason and to give some money to the church. But that's not what really drives you, does it? It's not your, your passion. So when you do come to church, you kind of choose the service which is going to least disrupt your day so that you can go and do what you want to do and that you are not too heavily inconvenienced by the Sunday church service. And when you give, you try and give as little as possible so that you can spend the rest of your salary on chasing your real treasure, hobbies, sports, church, the Lord, the kingdom. It's not your passion. It doesn't really excite you. That's not where your treasure is. And you won't serve, you won't sacrifice for God's kingdom. The reality is your heart is driven by the things of this world, hobbies, sport, entertainment, stuff, those are your treasures, and that's what your life is mainly about. Look what the Lord Jesus is saying to you in this passage this morning. He is trying to protect you from giving your heart to that which is going to disappoint you and fail you. You are giving your life to that which is empty. Go home and look at it. It's getting holes in it. It's rusting. It's fading. And somebody is going to come and break in and steal it at some stage. He's not trying to ruin your fun. He's warning you that you are giving your life and you're placing your heart and your affections on junk, tinsel, fool's gold that is going to fade and that you are leaving behind when you die. It rusts, it goes moldy, and it decays. And look what the Lord Jesus is saying to you. He's calling you to embrace true treasure. Treasure. He's not trying to spoil your fun. He's not trying to make you miserable by enduring a joyless kind of religion. Oh, now I've got to go to church. Now I've got to try and serve and give up more of my time. He's calling you to real treasure. That's what he's calling you to. He's not a killjoy. He's calling you to real treasure and warning you that the junk you're going after is going to fade and disappoint you and leave you in eternal ruin. He knows the treasures that are in heaven and he's saying those are real treasures which you need to be pursuing and you need to turn your heart away from the stuff of this world. The tinsel, the gold, fool's gold, the glitter and the confetti. 
Is this you? Is this you this morning? Why don't you right now come to the Lord Jesus Christ and just confess your sin to him? This is what I've been chasing. This is what my life revolves around. This is where my heart is. And turn away from that and turn to him and embrace him and his kingdom. And why don't you ask somebody here this morning, after this service, how do I do that? Please talk to me about Jesus. Maybe also on your way out, take a booklet. Saved from what? It'll explain to you what Jesus is all about and what he demands from you as your creator. Last point of application. Maybe to some of the Christians here this morning, you are Christians, but you've let your heart be enticed by the things of this world and you've started drifting away. So I'm not sure if I'm allowed to let you know this um, about the elders meeting and if I get fired, so be it. Do you know that sometimes at the elders meeting, we're looking at a ministry and your name may, came up, may come up. So and so, you know what? They would be such a good person to handle this ministry. But you know what? Just too busy. So much potential, so much giving, just too busy. And that is fine. You have a career, you've got to earn money, and we understand sometimes those careers um, demand stuff from us and we've got to be involved. But then we hear, you manage to find quite a bit of time for other stuff, sport, hobbies, entertainment, and there the concern arises because you see, your heart always finds time for its treasure, right? Your heart always finds time for its treasure. And that squeezes out just what you could be doing for the Lord and his kingdom. Let me just be very clear. You do have to go to work and you've got to work hard at it. And your career and the work sometimes does place excessive demands on people. You do have to take care of your family. It is legitimate and it is right. You can have a hobby and you can enjoy sport and have enjoyment in it. It can never be your treasure, though. It can never be your treasure. And it can never squeeze out of your life serving the Lord, being passionate and engaged and seeing him and ministry and blessing others as your treasure. Just look at your life at the moment as a Christian and look at how you can't serve and how you're not serving, although the Lord may have gifted you wonderfully. And look how you're spending your time and the things that you do give it to. And just ask yourself, well, just know, first of all, that your heart finds time for its treasure. And if you can't serve, but you 
spending hours on entertainment or sport, then has that not started becoming your treasure? The Lord Jesus is calling you and speaking to you and to me this day. So where is your treasure? Have you lost sight of the true treasure that is in heaven? And are you starting to give your life to that which fades and is going to disappoint you at the end of the day? If that is you this morning, and I suspect there might be a little bit of that in every one of us, why don't you, after the service, just approach one of the elders, maybe your home group leader, maybe a Christian, mature Christian, and just confess to them and say, I want to renew my, my treasure in heaven. I want to serve. Please tell me, where can I serve? And how can I be more involved? I'm wanting to be laying up treasures in heaven, and I'm done with the stuff of this earth. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ, you have authority over us. You have given us our lives. You've given us our time, our energy. The things that we have in this world have been given to us by you. And in this text, you lay demands on our lives, and you call us back to that which is true treasure, to yourself, to your kingdom. I pray for every single person here this morning that they might not leave without responding to your voice to either be saved, to turn away from the world, and to turn to you, all for your children who have started drifting, that you would turn our hearts back to you, back to heaven, and that we might use the things of this world, never treasuring them, but using them for your glory and for the treasures that neither moth nor rust will get hold of and thieves will not break in and steal. We pray this in your name. Amen. I'm going to close for us with our benediction from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.